Father, we just love you so much. God, we just, we adore you. And we are so grateful for your presence here with us in this place. God, thank you. God, I thank you right now for all these women here this morning. Women with hungry hearts for you. And God, right now, we just open our hearts wide to you. And Father, we set our attention on you. We lay aside distractions. We lay aside the cares and busyness of life. And we fix our attention and our gaze on you. We open our hearts wide to you and say, have your way. God, have your way in each and every one of our lives today. God, I pray that our hearts will be expanded for you today. God, increase our capacity to be the women you created us to be today. In Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Amen. Well, last week we talked about the fact that she was created to be a difference maker. That means every one of us was created to be a difference maker, to make a difference in our world. And we talked about three things, that God created each one of us for purpose. Not only did he create us for purpose, he didn't just create us for purpose and then say, okay, now go figure it out on your own. No, he believes in us and he trusts us to fulfill what he's called us to. And he's equipped us and he walks every step of the way with us. And this week, we're going to just continue on with that. And this week, we're talking about the fact that she is a willing vessel. How many of you want to be a willing vessel for God to use? Amen. I do too. And sometimes that's easy to sit back and say, oh, I do, I do. But then when it comes down to it, are we really willing to let him use us in the way he wants to? I believe that this is a room full of women who are, who will allow him to do all that he wants to do. Because he's got so much for us, every single one of you. He's got so much that he wants to do through your life. You're not just here to exist. You're not just here. It's coincidence. Well, just happenstance. You happen to be here on this earth at this time in history. No, he planned for you to be here now because he has so much for you to do. He wants to use you. You're vital to his plans on the earth. And therefore, we've got to be women who will grow up, who will mature, who will develop wisdom in our lives and be able to let go of the pettiness and the the carelessness in living and all of the the baggage that we can sometimes carry around because as we talked about last week, all that stuff does is contain us and limit us and keep us from being the person that God wants us to be. We've got to remember, he's got so much for us to do. And some of you might be sitting here this morning and saying, are you kidding me? Have you seen my to-do list? Do you know everything on my to-do list? And now you're telling me God wants to add things to my to-do list? It's not about a to-do list. It's not about a drudgery or having to do a bunch of works to please God or fulfill his to-do list for us. That's not it at all. So then what is it about? Why is it such a big deal that we go forward in fulfilling the things he wants us to do? Why is it so important that we do what he's laid out for us and created us to do? Well, there's two main things that I want us just to talk about briefly this morning. Reasons why we need to recognize and carry with us the reality that God has entrusted something to us. 
we've got to recognize, first of all, that we are here to fulfill his plan on the earth. That's why we're here. And it sounds so simple. And we can say, oh, yeah, I know that. In fact, yeah, didn't we talk about that last week? We did talk a little bit about it. And we're going to talk a little bit more about it. Because I just feel like we're in a season right now where God is just saying, come on, girls. Come on, sweethearts. We've got to get a greater revelation of it. We've got to let our hearts expand with it. That we know that we are here to fulfill His purpose. Our life is all about Him. We exist to be here for Him and fulfilling His plans on the earth. You know, in Romans chapter 1, it it just lays out the plan for us. It tells us that from the beginning of time, it was God's plan that we would reveal His power his nature, his image, his fullness to people, that when they would see us, his creation, they would see him and they would know what God is like. That is his plan. And we talked about it last week. Jesus came to earth in flesh and blood. He walked this earth showing us how, giving us the example of how to live. And then he died that brutal death on that cross of Calvary, taking all of our sins upon himself, the punishment for all of our sins. He died, but yet he was raised again so that we could have life with the Father, that we could have a relationship with God. And then Jesus, not just did he raised from the dead but then he ascended to heaven and he says he's seated at the right hand of the father ever interceding for us he ascended to heaven and he handed the baton to us he's saying here you go sweetheart run now it's your turn now it's your turn to carry the good news to reveal me to people on the earth to share with them the gospel to share with them the simple plan of salvation to share with them what's been accomplished on calvary's cross for them he's handed the baton to us it's our turn it's our turn on this earth what a privilege when i think about i think what an awesome privilege the god of this universe is saying now it's your turn spread the word reveal me be a vessel to pour my love through on this earth he's entrusted us with his plan we are vital to his plan what a privilege it is and you know it's not about being A bunch of great philanthropists that just do good deeds on this earth. And, well, isn't she wonderful? She does all sorts of good deeds. No, it's not about good works. You see, as women of God, if we have a relationship with God, then we have the Spirit of God dwelling in us. And He's put us here to not just do good things for people, but to make an eternal difference in people's lives. And so often we can think about that and think, Okay, well, uh, gosh, that's a big responsibility. And if I'm here to make an eternal difference in someone's life, then that means I've got to have an, an earth-shaking word from God for that person. Or I've got to lay my hands on them and they're going to be healed. Or I've got to lead them in a prayer of salvation. And we can get so overwhelmed by it and even shrink back and say, well, I don't know if I'm spiritual enough to do that and, and get all worried. And you know what? It's such a lie from the enemy. That's exactly what he wants us to do is shrink back. And God's saying, no, all I need you to do is be a willing vessel that his love can pour through. He wants to pour his love through you. The Bible says that it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. We don't have to lead every person we come in contact with into a prayer of salvation. We don't have to have a a word just 
pounding from the heavens for that person. We just need to be willing to love them, to let the love of God flood through us onto them. The love of God can melt the hardest of hearts. The love of God can tear down walls. The love of God can disarm the most guarded person. The love of God brings healing to a hurting life. All we need to do is let his love, his goodness, his kindness, his nature flood through us on to others. To be that willing vessel for him to pour through. That's what God wants of us. God's plans on this earth are fulfilled through us. How amazing is that? What an honor. What a privilege. And so we can't go through life with this limited tunnel vision like so often we do. Oh my gosh, Oh, the water heater just went out. How in the world am I going to pay for the water heater? And I don't even know if I have enough food for food, gross money for food in the refrigerator. And oh, the kids haven't done their homework. And oh, their rooms are a mess. And why is my husband working so many hours? And oh, this and that and this and that and this and that. And we get so focused on all the little tiny details of everyday life. And we lose sight of the big picture of why we're here, what God's put us here for. He's put us on this earth at this very critical time in history to fulfill his plans and his purposes. He trusts us to do that. He believes in us that we will do it. And he's put us here to fulfill his plan. What an awesome privilege. And I believe he just wants us to let our hearts expand and just have a greater revelation of that. And every day when we wake up in the morning, when we're getting ready in the morning, I love to do this when I'm getting ready. It's usually when I put my makeup on, I'm just talking to God. and just saying, Father, what's in your heart today? What do you want me to do today? How can I be a blessing to others today? Is there something specific, someone specific I need to reach out to today, to call today, to check on today? And sometimes there are specific things he'll put in my heart. Other times it's just love everyone you come in contact with, you know, just which is what we should be doing every day. Just letting his love flood through us and recognizing what a privilege that is. And when we start getting that mindset first thing in the morning, we go about our day so differently. God has put us here to fulfill his plan. It's not about our plan. It's his plan. How awesome is that? So that's the first thing. And then secondly, when we live that kind of life, it brings fulfillment to us. It puts us on a road where we end up living the most thrilling, most fulfilling, wonderful, amazing life imaginable. When we start start being more God-focused, eternal-focused, rather than self-focused. In Luke 6.38, familiar verse to all of us, it says, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your bosom for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. How many of you want a life that's full of blessings, overflowing with blessings? Amen. I believe we all do. And it tells us how to do it. Give. Give. So often we think of this verse 
just in connection with money. But we need to think of this verse in connection with the God within us. We need to be giving God away, giving his love away to everyone that we come in contact with. We've got to start living as those vessels, willing vessels for God's love to flood through, giving away the God in us. It is the most wonderful, exciting, amazing, fulfilling life imaginable. And that other stuff that seemed to be so stressful, that seemed to just have us all stressed out throughout the day, you know what happens? That stuff becomes insignificant. It becomes small. We, we find ourselves not even worrying about those things. The things that we had made the mountain out of, we realize we're only a molehill. And then the things that are important, we recognize we can't do anything about them by worrying. And we recognize God's got them covered. We're taking care of his business. He's taking care of ours. It causes us to just live with such a different mindset, such a different perspective, and brings such fulfillment to us. Many of you are familiar with the Dream Center in Los Angeles. Just an amazing church in the heart of Los Angeles. And uh, they have a whole, just huge ministry for homeless people and different housing developments and, and a rehabilitation center and just all kinds of things happening there, making a difference in people's lives. And I remember one time hearing Pastor Matthew Barnett, the pastor there, tell this story about a woman who came in and she talked to him and she wanted some counseling and she was at her wit's end. Life was miserable. Everything was had gone wrong. She needed help. And she came and she said, I, I'm at my end. I can't go on any longer. I need help. I need counseling. And he told her, he looked at her and he said to her, okay, we'll talk. But first, I want you to go bake some cookies for this certain group of people in one of our housing developments here. And she said, excuse me? I'm at my wit's end. I have nothing left. I need help. And you're telling me to go bake cookies? She said, I need help. He said, I will give you all the help you need. We will talk. Just listen, just go bake cookies for this group of people and then come back. And she was very irritated with him. And that was not the answer she was looking for. And she went on her way and he didn't see her for a while. And a couple months later, he saw her. He said, where have you been? I've been waiting for you to come back and talk to me. And he noticed quite a difference on her countenance. And she had a big smile on her face. And she said, oh, I don't have time for that. I've been so busy making cookies. (laughs) And it's a true story. She started doing something for others. And it brought fulfillment to her. And it washed away her problems. It made those things look completely different. Her focus wasn't on those things anymore. Her focus was on making a difference someone else's life and it brought incredible fulfillment to her life in proverbs eleven twenty five, it says the generous soul will be made rich and he who waters will also be watered himself when we're generous with the god within us when we choose to let him pour out and water other people's lives our life 
is made rich. Our life is watered as a result. It's a spiritual principle. We've got to be willing to get our eyes off of our daily circumstances and get our eyes on him and recognize that we're his vessel on this earth and he wants to use us. So many times I can think personally of doing something for someone else and you don't even think much about it. You know, you see a need and you're like, okay, I can do something about that. And you reach out to help an individual. And it's amazing how much more fulfillment it brings to you. I can think so many times how much more fulfillment it brought to me by helping someone. I think they were blessed, but I don't know if they were nearly as blessed as I was. It's, you know, we hear the saying, it's so much more blessed to give than to receive. I remember one year, it was during the Christmas season, I was going through a really challenging time financially and just facing a lot of personal challenges. And there was an opportunity to help a family in need during that Christmas season. And my girlfriend and I, we decided to partner together to help them. Neither one of us had the resources on our own to do it, but we sacrificed some other things and we were both in facing some challenges ourselves, but we just thought we're going to do this. And so we made a way and cut out other things and did what we needed to do. And we were able to bless this family with a Christmas, with a tree, with a meal, with gifts. And it was the most awesome thing. I mean, I still just brings me to tears to think back how much it meant to that family to see their expression, to see how God used that to minister to them, but how much it impacted me. It changed my life. We get so much fulfillment when we are just willing to be that vessel for God's use. It brings such blessing back into our lives. And so often we can sit back and say, well, I'm not being blessed. Well, nothing's going right for me. I couldn't possibly be a blessing to someone else. Yes, we can. Every one of us can. And God trusts us to do it. He's entrusted us to fulfill his plan on the earth. And when we're just that willing vessel that says, yes, Lord, here I am. I'll do it. He brings such fulfillment back into our own lives. This is the life God created us to live. In Proverbs 31, verse 20, talking about that beautiful, virtuous woman, the the blueprint for our lives in Proverbs 31, who he's created us to be, it says, verse 20, she opens her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her filled hands to the needy, whether in body, mind, or spirit, whatever the need is. And in that verse, the the words poor and needy, you know, so often we can think of those words and, and think of, you know, oh, well, I need to go feed the homeless or something like that. But those words, both in the original writing, talk about anywhere there's a need, where there's weakness. You know, everyone around us has some sort of need. Everyone around us has some sort of challenge or thing they're going through that they're facing. We need to be that woman that lives with outstretched hands to them, giving away the God in us to them. That's who God created us to be. And if we're going to live with our hands extended to them, letting God flood through us, then we first need to be willing to see them, to see the opportunities. And we won't see them if we're so caught up on, oh, the house needs painting and how am I ever going to pay for that and this and that? 
If we're caught up looking at our own needs, we'll never see the needs of others. Let's be women that get our eyes off of our own circumstances and see the needs around us and do what we can to reach out to them. And when we do, our needs will be met. God will pour back into our lives and we begin to live this awesome life that he created for us to live. It's so amazing what God will do when we are just a willing vessel for his use. You don't need to have all the answers. You don't need to know how to fix someone's problem. All you need to do is be a willing vessel for God to love them through. That's all he wants. In Proverbs 22, 9, it says, He who has a generous eye will be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. He didn't call us just to have generous hands, but we've got to have generous eyes that see those around us and that are willing to respond to God's heart and what he's asking us to do. I read a story, and some of you may have heard this. I actually read this several years ago. Some of you may be familiar with Beth Moore, a Bible teacher and author. And I read this story of this experience that she had in an airport. And I want to share this with you today. It's so impacting, and I, I haven't been able to get it out of my heart and mind from the day I read it. It comes back to me so often. It's a little bit long, but I want you to hear this and just envision this scenario as I share this with you. At the airport... Waiting to board a plane, I had the Bible on my lap and was very intent on what I was doing. But I tried to keep from staring. He was such a strange sight, humped over in a wheelchair. He was skin and bones, dressed in clothes that obviously fit when he was at least 20 pounds heavier. His knees protruded from his trousers, and his shoulders looked like a coat hanger was still in his shirt. His hands looked like tangled masses of veins and bones. The strangest part of him was his hair and nails. Stringy gray hair hung well over his shoulders and down part of his back. His fingernails were long, clean, but strangely out of place on an old man. I looked down at my Bible as fast as I could, discomfort burning my face, as I tried to imagine what his story might have been. There I sat, trying to concentrate on the word to keep from being concerned about a thin slice of humanity served on a wheelchair only a few seats from me. All the while, my heart was growing more and more overwhelmed with a feeling for him. Let's admit it. Curiosity is a heap more comfortable than true concern. And suddenly, I was awash with aching emotion for this bizarre-looking old man. I had walked with God long enough to see the handwriting on the wall. I've learned that when I begin to feel what God feels something so contrary to my natural feelings, something dramatic is about to happen, and it might be embarrassing. I immediately began to resist because I could feel God working on my spirit, and I started arguing with God in my mind. Oh, no, God, please, no. I looked up at the ceiling as if I could stare straight through it into heaven and said, don't make me witness to this man. Not right here and now. Please, I'll do anything. Put me on the same plane. But don't make me get up here and witness to this man in front of this gawking audience. Please, Lord. There I sat in that blue vinyl chair begging his highness, please don't make me witness to this man. Not now. I'll do it on the plane. And then I heard... I don't want you to witness to him. 
I want you to brush his hair. The words were so clear. My heart leapt into my throat and my thoughts spun like a top. Do I witness to the man or do I brush his hair? No brainer. I looked straight back up at the ceiling and said, God, as I live and breathe, I want you to know I am ready to witness to this man. I am on this, Lord. I am your girl. You've never seen a woman witness to a man faster in your life. What difference does it make if his hair is a mess, if he's not redeemed? I am going to witness to this man. Again, as clearly as I've ever heard an audible word, God seemed to write this statement across the wall of my mind. That is not what I said. I don't want you to witness to him. I want you to go brush his hair. I looked up at God and quipped, I don't have a hairbrush. It's in my suitcase on the plane. How am I supposed to brush his hair without a hairbrush? God was so insistent that I almost involuntarily began to walk toward him as these thoughts came to me from God's word. I will thoroughly furnish you unto all good works. 2 Timothy 3.17 I stumbled over to the wheelchair thinking I could use one myself. I knelt down in front of the man and as demurely as possible said, Sir, may I have the pleasure of brushing your hair? He looked back at me and said, what did you say? (laughs) May I have the pleasure of brushing your hair? To which he responded in volume 10. Little lady, if you expect me to hear you, you're going to have to talk louder than that. (laughs) At this point, I took a deep breath and just blurted out. Sir, may I have the pleasure of brushing your hair? At which point, every eye in the place darted right at me. I was the only thing in the room looking more peculiar than old Mr. Longlocks. Face crimson and forehead breaking out in a sweat, I watched him look up at me with absolute shock on his face and said, If you really want to. Are you kidding? Of course I didn't want to. But God didn't seem interested in my personal preference right about then. He pressed on my heart until I could utter the words, Yes, sir, I would be pleased. But I have one little problem. I don't have a hairbrush. I have one in my bag, he responded. I went around to the back of that wheelchair, got on my hands and knees, and unzipped the stranger's old carry-on, hardly believing what I was doing. I stood up and started brushing the old man's hair. It was perfectly clean, but it was tangled and matted. I don't do many things well, but must admit I've had notable experience untangling knotted hair, mothering two little girls. Like I'd done with either Amanda or Melissa in such a condition, I began brushing at the very bottom of the strands, remembering to take my time and not to pull. A miraculous thing happened to me as I started brushing that old man's hair. Everybody else in the room disappeared. There was no one alive for those moments except that old man and me. I brushed and brushed and I brushed until every tangle was out of that hair. I know this sounds so strange, but I've never felt that kind of love for another soul in my entire life. I believe with all my heart, I, for that few minutes, felt a portion of the very love of God that he had overtaken my heart for a little while, like someone renting a room and making himself at home for a short while. 
The emotions were so strong and so pure that I know they had to be God's. His hair was finally as soft and smooth as an infant's. I slipped the brush back into the bag and went around the chair to face him. I got down on my knees, put my hands on his knees and said, Sir, do you know my Jesus? He said, Yes, I do. Well, that figures, I thought. He explained, I've known him since I married my bride. She wouldn't marry me until I got to know the Savior. He said, You see, the problem is I haven't seen my bride in months. I've had open-heart surgery, and she's been too ill to come see me. I was sitting here thinking to myself, what a mess I must be for my bride. Only God knows how often he allows us to be part of a divine moment when we're completely unaware of the significance. This, on the other hand, was one of those rare encounters when I knew God had intervened in details only he could have known. It was a God moment, and I'll never forget it. Our time came to board, and we were not on the same plane. I was deeply ashamed of how I'd acted earlier and would have been so proud to have accompanied him on that aircraft. I still had a few moments, and as I gathered my things to board, the airline hostess returned from the corridor, tears streaming down her cheeks, And she said, that old man is sitting on the plane sobbing. Why did you do that? What made you do that? And I said, do you know my Jesus? He can be the bossiest thing. (laughs) (laughs) And we got to share. She shared with that hostess. And then she says, I got on my own flight, sobs choking my throat, wondering how many opportunities just like that one I'd missed along the way, all because I didn't want people to think I was strange. God didn't send me to that old man. He sent that old man to me. When we allow ourselves to be a willing vessel for God to flood his love through, we never know what's happening on the other end. We may never know how significant that moment is. He's just looking for women who will say, yes, God, I'm willing. I'm getting my attention off of the busyness and cares of my life, getting my attention off of what people will think of me, off of self completely. And I'm saying, yes, Lord, I'm willing. And when we do that, it always brings such incredible fulfillment back into our lives. I read this quote I just want to close with. It says, Life shouldn't be a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in a pretty and well-preserved body, but rather to skid in broadside, thoroughly used up, totally worn out and loudly shouting, wow, what a ride. Thank you, Lord. Amen. That is the life God wants for all of us to live. Willing vessels for him. Let's pray. Father, 
God, we're so grateful for the privilege of being your daughters, being on this earth at this time. And God, we're so grateful that you want to use us. You have a plan and a purpose for us. We're here to help fulfill your plan. You believe in us. You trust us. God, you've entrusted us with your purposes. How awesome is that? We're so grateful. And Father, right now, I just pray that each one of us would choose to be willing vessels for your use every day. God, help us to start changing and shifting our perspective. God, that our focus is not on self, not on the cares of our life, but God, on you and the cares of your heart for your people on this earth, God. Father, use us to reflect you. Use us to bring you to others, God, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. All right. Well, ladies, we've got some chick-chat for you at your tables. And today's chick-chat actually are not questions, but for some things for you to think about and share from your own life. First of all, share stories of others who have reached out to you and made a difference in your life. I think it's important to do that because when we stop and think about how others have made a difference in our life, it causes us to recognize, wow, it's simple. I can do that too. And it'll encourage each other at your table. And then share stories of times you've reached out to others and how it impacted your life in doing that. And I know it'll just encourage everyone at your table as you do that. Take time to pray for each other before you go. Love you guys so much. Thank you for being here today. See you next Tuesday at Chick Connection.